SEO is AEO. Welcome to the show, James Broadband. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing all right. Good introduction, good introduction. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, we're going to introduce you a little bit. Of um, course. I understand University of Manchester. Yes, indeed. Yep, brilliant BSc in management. Yep, marketing. marketing management, yeah. You were the winner of the Lancashire Digital Young Youngen Creative and Digital. I was. Why? Through passion. Passion for, passion for what I do. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was up against a couple of other agency owners, a um, number of other marketers in the area, so that was to 2016, I think. Right. Um, so yeah, up against another, a couple of other agency owners. Uh, everyone was under 35. And uh, I got awarded it for, for passion and uh, oh, wow. hard, hard work and That's cool. determination on, on what, what I want to do in the industry. Brilliant. But you were shortlisted as an entrepreneur and you lost it because you're did. not a very good entrepreneur. I did. I, did. I was shortlisted as a as young entrepreneur <laughs> as well. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get that. Entrepreneur's a funny one, isn't it? It's, uh, I think you've, uh, as an entrepreneur, everyone's got this vision that you're sat on a beach in Thailand, tapping away at your laptop, building a big empire oh. or, or working every hour under the sun. And I um, thought entrepreneurs just made loads of money. Yeah, it's uh, and your claim I think it'd fame, be a nice idea. Your other claim to fame, other than being the yes. young entrepreneur, no, the young and digital marketing genius of the year. Yeah, in Lancashire. Your dad toured with The Clash. He did, yeah. He, uh, he, he supported The Clash back in uh, about 1980 and did a John Peel session off the back of that. So that's my, that's my claim to fame. Well, that's brilliant. Well, it is. that's a claim to fame that really talks me. It is, I'm it a, is. I'm a bit of a punk at heart. Yeah, good stuff, um, good stuff. Right, today we're going to be talking about link building. We now, are. Between you and me, and nobody else is allowed to know this, yep. I don't like link building. Okay. But then I didn't like Amazon before. No. And Dan changed my mind. I didn't like PWAs and a leader yep. changed my mind. Yep. So you're going to do the same I thing. Am, I am, I am, I am. So, John Muller says that people are concentrating too much on links. Yes. That links maybe aren't as important yeah. as we think. You don't agree. I don't agree at all. Why, why do I not agree? I um, <laughs> because, I mean, last year we launched, I mean, I, I'm managing director and founder of a content marketing agency. Our primary focus is to land links for our clients through creative content campaigns. And I've seen the results. We, we have case study after case study where we've earned editorial links, you know, we're not buying links, you know, we're, we're earning links from top tier publications from, you know, think The Guardian, think Huffington Post, think the BBC, yep. you know, the top, top tier. We, you know, what, what I often say is that we think like PRs and we execute like SEOs. That, sorry, I really like that because yeah. PR is what I'm interested yes. in. I talk yes. about PR, you talk about link building, but actually we're talking about the same we thing. We are if talking, in, in 2019 we're talking about the same thing. Brilliant. Digital, so, digital PR, content marketing, link building, call it what you want, but we're link earning. You okay. know, we're, not, we're not buying links, we're not manipulating and artificially building links, we're earning links. Yeah, so it's PR. And it you, is. You've just spent, you've just done a record, two minutes, and I'm yeah. already convinced. Yeah, fantastic. That's what I like to hear, that's what I like to hear. So we could actually stop the show there, but we but won't. I think, but I think the thing is, is from you saying that, Jason, you know, there's this connotation that link building means buying links or private blog networks or manipulating. It doesn't have to be, you know, why do links work? Because links are still a vote, you know, links are a vote of trust. And when a publication like the BBC, The Guardian, HuffPost, Daily Mail, when they link out, it is, it's a big deal. It's a vote of trust. That's one of the, the top websites in the world saying, we trust this site enough to link to it. And Google cannot ignore that. They can't get away from it. Yeah. But moving back to what we said, why did John, why do I think Google 
say this and they've done it you know if you look back at SEO Roundtable archives you know they've done it in 2015 they did it in 2016 there's always somebody at Google saying stop focusing on links why because they work if Google can get some of us off the scent of, of link building and get you to focus on other things they're almost tr they're not tricking you know they're not tricking us but I think they are throwing, red us, throwing us a red herring and I think until you've executed a campaign that lands links in volume, I mean, you know, I'm, when I present at YoastCon tomorrow, I'm going to share a campaign that we, we launched about 12, 12, 14 months ago that landed 1,800 links from pretty much every top tier publication in the world. And that resulted in the following quarter, that site's organic revenue was up 300, about 330% along with traffic etc and it was it was a huge impact we did no technical we'd already done the technical work six eight months before the only thing that happened in that period from an seo perspective was we earned editorially about 1800 links now you say that you also did donald trump and that was rubbish and you i did, did and you did the best <laughs> christmas movies and that i was did rubbish. yeah so i think best christmas movies was because everybody's already done it no oh, well 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 work? no so just before Christmas last year, we launched a campaign, a data-driven campaign. We looked at hundreds of Christmas movies. We crunched data on IMDb scores, Rotten Tomatoes ratings, sales figures, streaming figures. And we, we wanted to launch a data-driven analysis into what, what's the best Christmas movie of all time according to data. Well, two things, two, two things happened. One, Die Hard came out as the number one movie, which I don't think really Doesn't came out. Doesn't have much of a Christmasy no, theme, no. no. And point two is that we suddenly deduced, I mean, we, we, we landed five links, you know, five links. And they were, they were pretty good links, you know, they were from related movie publications, nothing huge. Five links, one of which was from uh, whoever it is who stars in Die Hard. What's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gave you a link because oh, he was yeah, so pleased yeah. to be Christmas uh, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the big thing, you know, and I think it's really important that as an industry we talk about our failures as much as our successes. Why? Because we can learn far more from things that didn't go right than things that did. So why did, why did that campaign not work so well? It's because actually people, the audience don't care. Why do the audience not care? Because everyone has their own opinion of what their favourite Christmas mm. movie is. Nobody cares what data says is the best Christmas movie of all time. Okay. Well, I was sitting in the train yes. thinking yeah. about why it failed. I just imagined it's because somebody else had already done it. And so I was thinking, what, what's the twist you can have on it that will make yeah. it work? And I was thinking, what's the Christmas movie that was the biggest flop at its launch that ended up making most money, i.e. Yeah. the relative? Yeah. That, that would be cool, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. You can do that when you can have it. We I'll could. It Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll credit you. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give you a link back from the campaign page. <laughs> now, you have, I saw, 15 reasons why you've, uh, you've You've missed out Donald Trump. No, I said Donald Trump. <laughs> you I, did, I, you I, did. I'm trying to avoid you talking did. You're trying to avoid it. talking about that, right. Well, uh, so, check, out, check out my deck from Yostcon then and you'll, you'll see a bit more insight into a, uh, the biggest and most embarrassing campaign flop I've, I've had. And that was Donald Trump gone. That you really want to tell? I me really do. And um, I, it, it gets me in fits of laughter every time we look back at it. Why? How it got through our internal approval process, I don't know. But we, we spent hours and hours and thousands of pounds developing an interactive game, which let users kick Donald Trump, boot Donald Trump out of the White House. Oh, okay. We thought this was hilarious. We thought it was going to go big and land hundreds of links. It earned two. Um, That's not very many. Why? Because I've got, I've got, I, I could talk all day about my opinions. I've been over this time and time again. One, it was probably a little bit too controversial for top tier publishers to handle. Yeah. 
And two, well, actually nobody wants to play a game. We had two, we, we landed two links and we had 27 plays of the game, despite attempt after attempt of outreach. Oh dear, and you um, spent a fortune on it. We did, but we learned an awful lot. You know, that was very, very start of last year. And you know, what we learned from that was so valuable. And I think the thing is, you know, we are, as an agency, we often try and educate our clients around campaigns which are easy to execute mm. with big potential. I think the biggest thing is that we placed too much on one campaign mm. in terms of resources, time, money, mm. when actually on that same budget and that same time resource, we could have launched three or four smaller campaigns. And then your success of, your, your chance of failure against success really, really shifts. Okay, that sounds fine. It does. Jolly good now. Yeah. Next question Next is, is question. my favourite. There's 15 reasons your campaigns don't work. Yes. Can you name them off the top of your head without a list? I've oh, got a list here. Can I? Um, the first is that the campaign's been done before. Two is that an idea hasn't been validated. That a... Go on, you can cheat a bit. <laughs> It's hard putting me on the spot. No, it is spot. really hard. That, that's the, what I did. The, the, I actually the, wrote yeah, them out. That the audience is too narrow. That the timing is wrong. That a journalist could do it themselves. And perhaps my the one I really like talking about here is that there's no reason to link. Linkability yeah. on a campaign is key, which hopefully we'll get onto more in a moment. That there's too much of a focus on the format before the story. That your outreach list sucks. That the subject line doesn't work, or that the outreach email now. I see spoken about so much the fact that you need to optimise your outreach email, you need to spend the time. And there's not often a lot of emphasis put on the subject, but what you need to remember is that if the, if the email isn't being opened, then the outreach email isn't being seen. If the outreach email doesn't work, then your campaign isn't being seen because there's no clicks. So it's a process. It's a process which will... I've had that problem with the podcast have, email yes. is I send it and, and sometimes the, the, the open rates are really low because yeah. my title, my subject line is really awful. Well, I'll give you a trick in a moment on what, on what you can do to, uh, you. to get through a busy inbox. Fin finish uh, it. Yeah, oh, and, then, and for anybody who's listening, sign up for the newsletter. Sign You'll up get for the these newsletter. really awful subject yes. lines in your inbox. <laughs> Which are going to improve Which over are going to improve, thanks to James. Yeah. Um, that, you that, you, that your supporting assets aren't ready to send to a journalist, that you failed to follow up, and that you only use email that you don't use link reclamation and again one of the other key ones is that you give up too quickly and don't actually put enough hours and effort into actually making those campaigns yeah well that last one i mean that that strikes me as incredibly um popular reason for failing is yes. that people kind of try it and they think it's going to be link building, immediately. link building is tough link building is very very tough um, anything content, worth doing is anything tough. worth doing is tough. content led link building is tough you're pitching campaigns against hundreds of other PRs yep. globally and sometimes you just need to keep trying okay but not beat a and dead evolving. horse with no, a big no, stick no. whatever that's no, called I you, can't remember what the phrase is you need, to, you, know, you need to keep evolving you need to keep making changes and tweaks yeah. uh, which is obviously what I what I'm talking about at Yoast kind of why, why we're sat here alright and so you were talking about what was it linkiness linkability linkability the linkability the linkability of the campaign <laughs> linkiness I like linkiness, linkiness yeah Linkability, tell linkability. me about linkability. So, this, probably the best way to touch upon this is a, a Twitter thread that went huge, probably October, November time last year, which struck a lot of controversy in the SEO industry. A journalist from, I think it was The Times, tweeted out that she wishes, I think it was something like she wishes that 
SEOs and PRs would stop emailing her and begging her to add a link in mm. to an article she's written. Now, that's it's basic link reclamation. But what struck me there, and I actually wrote, I, I write for Search Engine Journal and I wrote a post on this. My opinion is that a journalist does not owe you a link. Mm. Whether they've covered a story, whether they've mentioned you, you are not owed a link automatically. I know this strikes a lot of controversy because a lot of SEOs especially are of the opinion that, well, you should, you know, it's, mm. it's, almost, the cur- you know, it's almost the currency, you know, you've given them some content, they should thank you with a link. What makes your campaign linkable? If your campaign isn't linkable, why should a journalist link? Now, what do I mean by linkability? What do I mean by being worthy? Well, I the don't link, know. The link needs to be a vital part of the story. So if you send out a press release, which is the traditional PR approach, you know, PR, you, know mm. you sit down with a PR and they'll say, why are you creating fancy assets? Why are you launching campaign mm. pages? A press release on its own isn't linkable. Think on it logically. Where would a journalist link to? Mm. With a press release, the homepage? Mm. Well, that's just commercial. You haven't earned that link. And actually mm. sending someone to a brand's homepage when they've been referenced on some stats, it doesn't add value to the article. A link no. has to add value. Well, it has to be a natural navigation, which is yeah, what Google's does. looking for anyway. Absolutely. So, journalists are savvy to that. You know, a journalist isn't going to link to your homepage because you sent them a press release. Mm. Press release isn't linkable. No. Okay, so let's evolve formats a little bit further. And the SEO's favourite from a few years ago, the infographic. Mm. Well, simply by the format, an infographic isn't linkable. Why? Because a journalist can take your infographic, save it as a JPEG, upload it to their CMS, hit publish, credit you with a mention. Mm. Why do they need to link? They don't. As long as they reference you. It's nice if they do, and a lot of journalists do when they're taking an asset like that. Mm -hmm. But again, does linking through to a blog post where you've hosted the infographic add any more value than embedding it? No, so there has to be something else behind it. So there has to be something linkable. Yeah, okay. So what's linkable? Don't know. That's a bit of a leading question, and I'm supposed to be asking the questions. You are. Two two naughties there. Two naughties, two naughties. I'm very sorry. Go ahead, please. So what makes campaign linkable? Well, an interactive tool or asset mm. is linkable. Why? Like a Trump game, for example. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Or a, uh, or, or a Kardashian salary calculator that has which 1,800 really links, well, which worked really well. Yeah. So let's, let's look at that. You know, we, we talked about this campaign that earned 1,800 links a few moments ago. This was a calculator that we developed for a fast fashion brand. Their audience is millennial females. Mm. We developed a Kardashian calculator that took Forbes rich list data for the earnings of the Kardashian sisters mm. and Kylie Jenner and then the, then the Jenner sisters as well. And we, we built a really simple tool which allowed you to enter your salary in pounds or dollars mm. and calculate how long it would take Kim Kardashian and the others to earn your salary. Probably five minutes, yeah. So we revealed this statistic. Now, what I will say is that there'd been articles in Cosmopolitan, Glamour, etc., talking mm. about the fact that Kim Kardashian earns $51 million a year Okay. Time and time a again. dollars a week. Absolutely. Thank you. Time and time again. That had been done before. But we looked at the data and we found out that it takes Kim Kardashian six and a half hours to earn the average UK salary. Okay. Of 27, about 27,500 pounds she earns in six and a half hours, less than a day. So she works for less than a day to earn what the majority of the, the average person and in the UK... she doesn't actually do anything. She doesn't actually do anything. So it was controversial. Oh, sorry, Kim. Yeah. But <laughs> think on it from a link building perspective. Yeah. 
journalists were talking and actually one of the first pieces of coverage we got was from Mashable and the headline was simply this might be the most depressing thing you read all year it was it was fantastic and look at it though why why it landed links is because everyone all the journalists who were covering the campaign were talking about it saying this brand has released a salary calculator that allows you to compare your salary mm. to the Kardashians and see how long it would take them to earn yours. So there was a personal connection. Mm. If a journalist hadn't linked, users would be going, well, it's great. I've heard about it, but where do I find it? So the link yeah. is a vital part of the story. Super, okay. But that's Ooh. an interactive tool, that's a calculator. Yeah. You can't do that for everything. So how do we get around it on other data-driven campaigns? Ensure that there's more data on the campaign asset, on the campaign page, then a journalist will be talking about. If there's four or five stories that can be pulled from data, typically a journalist is covering one of them, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean to say the audience won't be interested in the other four or five. Okay. That's linkability. Making sure that a link is the is key to a story and you maximize the, you know, you maximize the links for, earned from a campaign and you minimize your unlinked brand mentions. Okay. No, you were talking about brand mentions. I Sorry, I, I've been waiting to ask this question for the... Yeah. What do you think about mentions, i.e. linkless links, this idea that you can yep. have a mention and that's valuable too? And that uh, you were saying, you know, we, we want the link. If we get a mention, yep. is that almost as good? Is it not as good at all? Is it worthless? Are we talking marketing, branding, SEO? I'm SE an SE I'm SEO, an SEO, marketing I'm, and branding in that order. I'm, SEO, we want links. Link, okay. you know, we've talked about why links work. I am, I'm an SEO at heart, you know, I may be a creative content marketer now, whatever we want to term it, but I'm an, you know, I'm an SEO, you know, I've been working in SEO about 10, 11 years, mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm an SEO through and through, so I want those links. Yep. So if we get an unlinked brand mention, I'm looking at how can we turn that unlinked brand mention into a link, and we've developed a link reclamation strategy that works for us, that works for our clients, but as an SEO, yes, we want the links. Do brand mentions add much SEO value? Not really. Okay, and what about if you take on your site and you link to that brand mentioned to, to confirm to Google that it is about you, uh, perhaps some schema market, would that help or is that a, a bit, of, bit of worthless uh, trickery that, 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 that won't really help? I think, again, it's all open to opinion. Um, of course it is. Personally, What's your I, opinion? My opinion, my opinion is not really. My okay. opinion is that I'd want the link, I'd do, you know, I'd, I'd look at what it takes to get that link. Lena, it's links, 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 as far as I'm concerned. No, okay. no relevant links. Relevant authority, high, high quality links. Relevant not, links. Not any link. So, mentions aren't going to take over from links anytime soon? I don't think so. Um, so, there is the question is, what's the future of linking? It, it's going to continue to be incredibly important? Is it decreasing in importance? Is it decreasing now? And will it continue no, to increase I, I in the No, I think... Uh, over the past 12... 24 months we've seen you know links are harder to get than ever you know we, our probably you know our an average campaign of ours at the moment well through 2018 earned around 35 links on average the average okay. campaign which is good which is good we ran the stats for 2017 and that was about 52 link building is getting harder so next year it will be 22 Probably. I've done a calculation probably, there. Probably, it, it, it's 22, yeah, gonna, absolutely. It's like nuclear waste. It's going to disappear so, over its half-life. Absolutely. Is so, two years. It is, Sorry. it is. So links, links are getting harder to earn. Yeah. But actually what that means is that those who were earning links two years ago with subpar content aren't earning anything anymore. Okay. 
So if you can land those links, if you can execute a campaign, even if it's earning less links than it was 12 months ago, it's relative. Everybody else is in the same position. Mm. So on that front, editorial links are, I actually believe, more valuable because they're, they're harder to land. Mm -hmm. So the impact is, in theory, greater. Are links as powerful as they were pre-Penguin? No. Um, mm. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I, I will share with anyone my history. In, I was 29, 2009, 2010. I owned a relatively large private blog network. I was a black hatter. Ooh, Ooh boo. But it was the best education. You know, I, I speak with it, people who've been in SEO three, four years, and they have no idea what it used to be like. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was there when Penguin hit and sites got obliterated from Google because we were not only using a private, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't even a private blog network at that time. They weren't blogs. Mm. They were three, four page sites with a resource page that had 200 links on, mm. but it worked. You know, they were, the, they, they were the good days of SEO, you know. You could, you know, I had, you know, I funded my way through uni with affiliate sites in the mm. gambling and make money online sectors mm. that were ranked on the first page of Google for high value terms with 30 or 40 private you know, I'm going to call it a private blog network, yeah. but it wasn't. It was, you know, sites that, you know, we'd had acquired the domain, yeah. gone on archive.org, rebuilt the site and added a links yeah. page and just links out and out and out. So PBNs are dead. They Today are. links yep. are decreasing in, uh, or increasing in difficulty to get and therefore Absolutely. decreasing in the number that you're getting, but everything's relative to your competition. So if you do is. get them, you're going to beat the Absolutely. pants off them. Absolutely. And so in the future, it's going to be a scarce and a scarcer resource. It is. And the winner will be the one who can, can keep up with it. And that's going to be you. I'll be bound. I would hope so. I would hope so. But it's also looking at what competitors are doing. You know, we, we work with a number of brands in the fashion, in, you know, especially the fast fashion industry. And we've seen huge gains from earning you know, significant link volumes, looking at sort of the shoulder niches of celebrity, of the wider lifestyle, hooked to their audience. You can't earn links by advertising. You know, if you are a fashion brand and you're pushing out these are this season's trends, a journalist doesn't care, they can do it themselves. Yep. But actually, if we look at, you know, especially in the UK, we look at the big players in fast fashion and how we've outranked them for some of our clients, you know, the likes of Boohoo and Misguided, it's because they, they're not executing link building campaigns in, in, in that way. They're working with bloggers and influencers to, you know, your more traditional approach of link building. Sorry, I'm going to ask a completely unrelated question. You Go said Boohoo. I did. I read a book called Boohoo, okay. about Boohoo, yeah. and it was a Swedish people, yeah, a, a, a Swedish lady and her bloke, and they created it, and it completely fell apart. They overstretched, okay. and they bounced back, it seems. They now exist again, yeah? I was under the impression, when I read I the book, know. that I don't it, know. Are we it talking about the same brand? Well, it, it was called Boohoo.com, yeah, and they sold clothes. Be. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know too much about the, uh, oh. about the backstory. Well, I know it, it was founded. There is a book called Boohoo. I'm going to have to go and check that out. And it's all about yeah. how it all fell apart and failed. But Interesting. Now back. Oh, they are one of the one of the biggest uh, sort of fast fashion retailers in in the UK. Are they your client? They're not. They're not. Well, if anyone from Boohoo is listening, James is but, the man for but, you. But but one of their competitors is. So. Ah. If anyone from Boohoo is listening, James is not the man for you because he's already <laughs> working for your competitor. And and we are outranking them on some terms. So, I think we're uh, yeah we're happy enough with that. Happy enough with that.
Jolly good. So, conclusion of this whole thing is that links aren't dead. Links They're not going to be links dead work. anytime. Links too. work. And James Rockbank is the is the guy to see for that. I am indeed. Thank you very much. That was absolutely brilliant. No worries to tell, Jason. Um, Thanks very much for having me. SEO is AEO. Thank you, James Brockbank.